section forty five of the inheritance by susan edmondstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter eleven even as some sick men will take no medicine unless some pleasant thing be put amongst their potions although perhaps it be somewhat hurtful yet the physician suffereth them to have it so because many will not hearken to serious and grave documents except they be mingled with some fable or jest therefore reason willeth us to do the like sir thomas more speak nobly of religion but let it be well timed for people avoid those who are perpetually preaching ganginelli's letters miss pratt's visit would have been reckoned rather ill-timed by most people as the miss blacks had invited some of their own friends to spend the evening with them and the pleasure if not the harmony of the party bid fair to be disconcerted by her audacious tattle but they were too tolerant and enduring to allow any considerations of that kind to stand in the way of their hospitality though well aware of miss pratt's enmity against all whose creed and practice in matters of religion differed from her own for miss pratt like too many people deemed her own the only proper standard of religious and moral excellence she had her bed of iron for the soul as procrustes had for the body with this difference that she was far more lenient towards those who fell short of her measure than of such as went beyond it not that miss pratt carried her hostility so far as to decline having any intercourse with or receiving any favours from these wild people as she called them on the contrary she was always happy at an opportunity of meeting with such of them as she thought she could turn to any account by taking her beggars off her hands and she was always ready to make use of their time money and old clothes to save her own however she took every occasion of letting it be known that she had met with a great want of charity amongst those very people who make such a phrase about it as they had refused to recommend to the destitute society anthony white's nurse a decent respectable woman and anthony white a subscriber too but miss pratt was not bitter in her resentment and upon hearing of the party which was expected she expressed much satisfaction and resolved to be uncommonly pleasant and at the same time serious too in her conversation out of compliment to the miss blacks mrs st clair liked company of any kind better than none and to gertrude in the present state of her mind all company and all scenes were alike hers was a state of passive endurance not of actual enjoyment she was roused however by a visit from mr delmore and mr lindsay the latter held out his hand to her with a look which seemed to say have you forgiven me but colouring deeply she turned away and bestowed her whole attention upon his companion mr delmore was secretly flattered by the air of profound attention with which for the first time she listened to every word he uttered in the hope that something would lead to the subject uppermost in her thoughts but farthest from her tongue but nothing was said which had the slightest reference to colonel delmore and her countenance betrayed her extreme vexation when the gentlemen rose to take leave upon hearing that they were both to be in attendance at a county meeting in town which of course was to conclude with a dinner miss black invited them to return in the evening which they promised to do and departed it was evident from mr delmore's manner he knew nothing of what had passed but gertrude had paid no attention to his manner nor once thought of the very flattering construction he might put upon hers as for lindsay she scarcely noticed him at all it only struck her after he was gone that he was more than usually silent and that his features wore a more pensive cast than common but what was mr lindsay to her 
and she listened with weariness and chagrin to the eulogium her aunts pronounced upon him evening came and miss pratt in a grave gown bottle green gloves a severe turban and a determined look of strong good sense seemed to say i'll show you what a rational respectable wise-like character i am i'll confound you all or i'm mistaken and she took her ground as usual as though she had been mistress of the mansion and prepared to do all its honours accordingly even in the christian world there are great varieties there are narrow minds as well as great minds there are those who pin their faith upon the sleeve of some favourite preacher others who seem to think salvation confined within the four walls of the particular church in which they happen to sit but as has been well said by the liberal-minded wesley how little does god regard men's opinions what a multitude of wrong opinions are embraced by all the members of the church of rome yet how highly favoured have many of them been and who has not their imperfections who has not their besetting sin their thorn in the flesh even the best of christians but piety to god and the desire to benefit their fellow-creatures is and must be the universal characteristic of the christian of every church the few friends assembled were certainly favourable specimens of what is termed the religious world they were persons of agreeable manners enlarged minds and cultivated tastes the conversation was animated and interesting in spite of miss pratt's attempts to turn it into her own low channel by relating the bits of gossip she had picked up in her morning perambulations and which she thought to set off with some trite moral reflection there was occasionally music from both gentlemen and ladies which even gertrude's fastidious ear acknowledged to be fine in its way for all knew what they were saying or doing and there were no mawkish attempts at singing in an unknown tongue there was no poetry strangled by music but airs married to immortal verse untwisting all the chains that tie the hidden soul of harmony ah who can hear the divine strains of a handle or the dear familiar songs of their native land without feeling their souls elevated or their hearts melted into love and tenderness both were sung by different members of the company with much taste and feeling but by none so much as by mary black who with seraphic sweetness sang the inspired strain how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the glad tidings of faith to man everything that miss black sings must be charming said mr delmore with his fade gallantry but if i may be permitted to offer an opinion i should say there is perhaps something rather too sectarian in sacred music unless upon solemn occasions and i should be apprehensive that were a taste for it to become general it would prove destructive to every other species of composition i may add even to the fine arts in general mr delmore had a genteel horror at everything he deemed approaching to what he thought methodism though a most zealous supporter of the church in so far but no farther than it was connected with the state pardon me said miss mary black but it appears to me that such apprehensions are groundless the blessing of god and the applause of posterity seem to have perpetuated the fame of genius devoted to religious subjects more than the fame of those men who abuse their noble gifts by dedicating them solely to the service of their fellow-creatures as instance asked mr delmore with an incredulous smile true said mr lindsay it certainly has been so in many instances milton is undoubtedly the first poet of our country and what was his theme he sang in noble strain of him unspeakable who sits above these heavens to us invisible or dimly seen in these thy lowest works the greatest poet of germany was klopstock and his subject the great messiah and of his deathless work it has been well observed that 
when music shall attain among us the highest powers of her art whose words will she select to utter but those of klopstock the noblest bards of italy were dante and tasso metastasio has had recourse to sacred subjects for his operas racine for his atali young in his night thoughts sung to him who from solid darkness struck that spark the sun invoking him to strike wisdom from his soul the amiable and elegant cowper casts all his laurels at the feet of his saviour i cast them at thy feet my only plea is what it was dependence upon thee you are really eloquent lindsay said mr delmore with an ironical smile but in the fervour of your zeal you have entirely overlooked those immortal though profane authors whose works are still more popular than any of those you have quoted shakespeare for instance shakespeare is perhaps the most favourable exception replied mr lindsay he is indeed a poet of nature's own creating but the dross of his compositions is daily draining off in improved editions and even in theatrical representation while the pure parts of his morality are not thought unworthy of being quoted from evangelical pulpits and one day i doubt not it will be with him as with some of the poets i have just mentioned they have written some things unworthy of their pens but their fame is perpetuated only as the authors of what is pure and good the profane and licentious works of lord b will live only in the minds of the profane and impure and will soon be classed amongst other worthless dross while all that is fine in his works will be culled by the lovers of virtue as the bee gathers honey from even the noxious plant and leaves the poison to perish with the stalk so shall it be with burns so shall it be with more the same argument applies to music handel derives his fame from his oratorios and the creation of haydn will immortalize his name a performance in which the genius of the composer has struck a chord which calls forth any genius which happens to be in the breast of the audience to mention the great painters who have dedicated a portion of their time and talents to sacred subjects would be to enumerate the whole catalogue and i have already to apologize for having so long monopolized this subject said he turning to a clergyman who stood near him and whose looks testified the interest he took in the debate when there are those present who could have done much more justice to the cause beneath the simple meek unpretending exterior of mr z few would indeed have guessed at the profundity of his learning the extent and variety of his acquirements and the ardour of his zeal in the cause of christianity firm in his principles yet soft in his manners warm in feeling yet mild and gentle in temper able to talk yet willing to listen his mind was full of information while his manners were those of one seeking instruction thus appealed to mr z was about to reply when miss pratt interposed with what do you say to these two great writers fielding and smollett i suspect there is none of these you have mentioned will ever be half so popular as tom jones and humphrey clinker the works of fielding and smollett even the more highly gifted ones of voltaire and rousseau are passing away like noxious exhalations said mr z mildly yet the principles of the age in which we live are equally defective with the former at least a better taste prevails and grossness profanity and licentiousness are no longer the standards to which the young look with admiration impure writers are now chiefly known to impure readers but where virtue and genius unite their powers are known to all oh what injury to the human mind is derived from the perusal of the works of writers whose corrupt imaginations have given the impulse to their licentious pens of such it may truly be said though highly esteemed amongst men yet are they abominations in the sight of god yet alas how few look to that guiding principle which alone ought to direct the pen 
how few consider that to do good a work is not to be raised from the heat of youth or the vapour of wine nor to be attained by the invocation of memory and her siren daughters but by devout prayer to that eternal spirit who can enrich with all utterance and knowledge and sends out his seraphim with the hallowed fire of his altar to touch and purify the lips of whom he pleases there was so much christian meekness even in mr z s fervour that it was impossible not to be touched with his manner even where the matter failed to carry conviction along with it mr delmore affected to bow with deference to the opinions of a clergyman the conversation took another turn music succeeded till at last the party broke up gertrude had been interested in the discussion but soon it passed from her mind as a lovely song of one who hath a pleasant voice End of section forty five